At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome, everybody, to the Hornets Hivecast, your place for all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite team, more often than not originating from right here inside the Hive. I'm Sam Farber. It is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here today and also to have the Senior Director of Digital Media and Communications for the Hornets, Matt Rachinsky, with us. Matt, thanks so much for taking time with us. Absolute pleasure to join you, Sam. We're thrilled to have you on board. You've been doing tremendous work thus far and, and just look forward to working with you this season and many, many more to come. Absolutely. And uh, and thank you as well for taking time off uh, the day after Christmas here. I know you've got a great family and family time is important to you, but I appreciate you making time here around the holidays. Yeah, no problem. I mean, we, look at it this way. We all got one of the best gifts in the world when NBA basketball started again right here around the holidays. So, I had a great time with my family. It was a tremendous Christmas, and it's time to focus on some NBA basketball again. Yes, indeed. Well, we've got a lot to cover here in this episode. We're going to talk about Gordon Hayward and his first game with the Hornets reviewed. A very solid scoring line, I would say. We're also going to preview the home opener tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But first... I want to do some of those leftover holiday presents. I, you know, a lot of people have to pick between opening their gifts on Christmas Eve versus Christmas. We can talk about where you sit on that dilemma or that uh, that uh, that debate, not dilemma. It's a debate. <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, some people like to save an extra gift because you know Christmas can extend into the weekend a little bit. So we've got a late Christmas gift for people, and this was inspired by one of the questions that came up during a pregame shoot around uh, or post shoot around Q and A with one of the players, uh, Miles Bridges was asked the following question. The fans have asked, you and LaMelo have a pick-and-roll alley combination. Have you guys picked out a name for the combination yet, which you guys will call yourself as you guys keep throwing alley-oops and you catch them all season? No, nah, we, we ain't came up with a name yet. Uh, that's, that's something for the fans to do. 
So that's Miles' take on you know the specific alley-oop combination. It's an interesting question. I, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Do you have a, a, <laughs> an answer, what you think that alley-oop combo should be called? Man, I tell you what, you know, we like to refer to Miles as Sky Miles because, you know, he likes to soar. He likes to take off towards the basket. LaMelo just has the easiest name, last name in the world, Ball. So is it Sky Ball? I, I don't know. I, that, you know, that's the easiest way to go to right away. But, I mean, you don't want to go with the whole thunder and lightning type thing. Those are overused, I think. I think if we're going to do this one, we got to try and get a little more creative in some way, shape, or form. I'm not exactly sure how to do that at this point, but I think maybe you're maybe he's right. Maybe we need to put this out to the fans. Time to talk to Diana Biffle in our social media department. We're gonna we're gonna make sure we get this out there so fans can start telling us what they think it might have to be because our fans have come up with some pretty good nicknames along the way. They they certainly have. And I, I like the idea, the Skyball connection. That's pretty good. You know, hopefully there will be a lot of those connections uh, during the regular season. Preseason, they showed a very strong connection between those two players. And, you know, already this Hornet squad's got some solid nicknames. Do you, do you have a favorite amongst the current crop of Hornets? Uh, I'll tell you what, one of my favorite all time in my years here, I don't know if it's, and this isn't current crop of Hornets, but one thing that any Charlotte fan is going re- to resonate with them. Obviously, you've got Grandmama, which is definitely one of those things that's going to soak up everyone's nostalgia. But then if you look at the Charlotte Bobcats, surprisingly, Crash, that's Gerald Wallace. That's that's somebody that, you know, has had uh, quite a impact on our fans as well. So, I don't know, man, the Bash Brothers, the Crash Brothers, too, with the Martin Twins right now is pretty solid. They They definitely took on that same kind of style of play that Gerald used to play and brought it to this current look Hornets team. So maybe we'll have to go with the Crash Brothers there right now. I mean, you know, the Buzz Boys is also another thing that we're calling this young group. So there's there's some options there, and maybe there's some of that alliteration going on with, uh, with LaMelo and, and Miles, and maybe it's the double B or something to that fact. I mean, we don't want to get into the triple B, but, you know, maybe we'll go into the double. There, there might be trademark infringement if we go into the, from from someone we know. <laughs> if we go into Triple B, yeah, I you know I I like alliteration. I like rhyming too. Uh, one of our favorite nicknames to start the season that we've been saying a lot, Scary Terry. And uh, actually, it, it was funny you you mentioned Grandmama. We actually uh, I should have had the Grandmama reference because Scary Terry and Larry Johnson were linked in the uh, most recent contest for the Hornets, the opener. Steps up for three. It is good. Rozier, another one. He's made five triples. Rozier now passing Larry Johnson on the Hornets' all-time three-pointers list. That is number 177. So he's in the top 20 and passes Larry Johnson. He had a career-high 42 points. He's added to his legend. And, of course, uh, we broke down uh, his efforts uh, a couple days ago here on the podcast with Matt Rajinski. He's going to stick around throughout the episode. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, Matt. Coming up after this quick break, uh, we are going to be talking about Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward made his debut here with the Hornets. Uh, he posted 28 points. We're going to talk about him in just a moment. But before we do, I want to encourage everyone to download the Hornets app on your mobile device for access to all new features and exclusive content, including this podcast, the Hornets Hivecast. It'll be available to you through the app. You don't want to miss the new game day experiences for every game this season, giving you information and digital activations available only through the Hornets app. 
Zone defense from the Cavs. Into the paint, P.J. Washington. No look pass out to Gordon Hayward. He'll drive inside. Hayward goes up with the right hand, banks it home. And the first shot attempt as a member of the Charlotte Hornets for Gordon Hayward goes down. Two to one. Hornets leading a minute in. Unfortunately, it was not a lead that would be sustained throughout the contest, but that was the first ever bucket with the Charlotte Hornets in a regular season game for Gordon Hayward. We're with Matt Rachinski here on the Hornets Hivecast. We'll be getting you ready for night two of the Hornets season, which is tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But first, we want to talk about Gordon Hayward. His games in the preseason, Matt, I know he was limited due to the hand injury, but he was so effortless in the way points came to him. It wasn't as if they drew up a lot of plays for him or had him involved in a ton of actions. It just... The ball seems to find its way to him in the right spot to put up the right shot and get points on the board. And the same thing happened again, except he had more of a usage rate on night one, 28 points, 11 of 18 shooting. Yeah, it's absolutely insane to watch him play basketball and just kind of see how I think the word you used was effortless. Sometimes it does seem for just in the short period of time we've been able to watch him in a Hornets uniform that that's the way he plays out there. It's not something that he seems out of control. It doesn't seem like he seems like he's always has poise when he's got the basketball. And the thing about him is, aside from having a tremendous basketball IQ and making the right decisions, it's about making those right reads because you can be put in those situations and have yourself forced to make a decision one way or the other. He's got a real knack for making that right read on the fly, knowing if it's time to take the shot, knowing if, okay, I need to make sure I maybe pump fake and find an open teammate. It's just so enjoyable to watch to see a guy doing it so fluid, so smooth when he takes the court. His debut ends up being a loss. Uh, obviously, it was not the strongest game uh, for P.J. Washington, who, who had a, another effort where he really struggled and eventually uh, wasn't in the rotation there in the, those final few minutes. But if someone else can emerge and pair up with Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham and Gordon Hayward, this has the makings of a really, really competitive, strong team. Yeah, because I love what we're seeing in the backcourt and what these guys can do with the basketball. It's giving us options, and all of them can play multiple positions, whether they're playing the one, the two, the three. Sometimes Gordon can even switch down to the four if he needs to in those situations. So that core group that we've got there in the backcourt has been absolutely tremendous. And I love seeing Gordon come out on opening night and really be aggressive as well, you know, as well as being, you know, we talk about how, flawless he can be sometimes but he was very aggressive too in the way that he was trying to make an impact in that game early on not only hit our first bucket when we're down nine to two he hits a big three just to kind of bring the team back in the game and settle things down I think you're going to have to look to Gordon to really do that multiple times this season to be a calming presence and we saw both him and Terry were able to do that in the opener in Cleveland. One thing about Gordon that's kind of unique, especially in today's NBA, he kind of flies in the face of the whole everything needs to be a three or a dunk uh, analytics age. Uh, Gordon Hayward is great at making the mid-range jumper. And one quote that I love I heard from him uh, you know, when he came in is that an open shot is better than a contested three or a contested shot at the rim. It's not an exact quote, but that's essentially the gist of what he was saying. And I think that's so true. I think, you know, in in sports all across the board, 
You know, in baseball, for instance, everything's about home runs and strikeouts, and you forget the fact that, hey, if you bunt when no one's standing at third in a tie ball game in the ninth inning, that base runner might be more valuable then than the potential of you hitting one out of the yard. And similarly, in basketball, people get so caught up with, oh, well, he's he's got to shoot threes more often, or he has to just finish at the rim, and forgets the fact that if you're an NBA player, you should be capable of knocking down an open 15-foot jumper more often than not. And Gordon Hayward is willing to take that if the defense is going to give it to him. And correct me if I'm wrong, though, too, Sam. If, if you make a basket, it's still worth two points, right? And if you miss it, it's zero. Yes, that is correct still. <laughs> right. I just want to make sure we're still, we're still on the same page there for sure. Because, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, I am all for the fact that, I understand what you're saying, that Gordon could be an analytics nightmare in terms of that mid-range jumper is the shot that in the NBA everybody's told not to take. But at this point in time, if he's open, if he's got those looks, if he feels comfortable in the shot, and like you're saying, if he's alone or if he's got separation, why would you pass up a good shot to throw into to pass into a, a worse shot? And that's not the kind of decisions that Gordon Hayward is used to making that we've seen so far. So I'm okay with the guy finding his spots on the court. And you know what? Maybe some of these young players aren't quite as used to these guys who might hit a mid-range jumper. They don't know where to defend in those areas anymore. Everybody's defending at the rim, and everyone's defending outside the arc. And for Gordon, maybe that also is something that's come as he's matured and, and taken on more of that leadership role that we've talked about. He does those things. We talk about Coach James Borrego's pillars, and one of those pillars is building winning habits. These are winning habits. Find an open shot, take the open shot, score when it's there for you. And if there isn't a good shot available, then try and work the ball around to find something that might be at the rim or might be outside the arc. But I, I think leading by example, showing that an open shot is the best shot to take, that's exactly where we want to be. And it's shown his maturation. The other thing that you love about Gordon Hayward is the unselfishness to his game. I, I know that, again, it's a loss. We broke down the loss you know, a couple of days ago, so we don't have to dwell on the negative. But he had seven assists. All of his assists are the shots that people preach about in the NBA. That's dunks or finishes at the rim or threes. He had seven assists last game. Four were finishes. Uh, four were threes, sorry. Three were finishes at the rim. So creating his own shot, taking what the defense gives him, he does that the, the correct way. If they're giving him a, a nine-foot jumper, take the nine-foot jumper and just make him pay for it. But when you're going to give it up, you give it up to someone who's in position to knock down a three or finish at the rim. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how there's certain players in the NBA that just seem to see things at a different level than everybody else. The game might move a little bit slower for them, or they might know exactly the right spots. And Gordon, I think, is one of those players. He's Like we mentioned before, in poise that he brings to this game, he's never never seems to be rattled thus far. And when you talk to him, even when he had the injury and dealing with the injury, it's always calm with Gordon. It's always trying to find that level set and making sure that we're just kind of keeping a level head as these guys get into it, which is exactly what this team is going to need this year. Cause you're going to see games like we saw on opening night where things are going to be up and down and you're going to need to find that veteran presence to really settle not only things on the court, but off the court. And the thing that I liked about what Gordon did too, another way that he exhibited a leadership role was he had mentioned that after the game, he talked to LaMelo ball and LaMelo ball, we know didn't have the best, game for his first game and Gordon told him he said look some games are going to be diamonds and some games are going to be stones like that's a veteran leadership right there that is veteran advice going to the rookie 
making sure he understands that, look, this is just game one, young fella. We're just getting going here. And that's also another way that Gordon has stepped up tremendously in those goals as well. And that leadership presence, that's something that this young team, you know, needed. It's not that Terry Rozier didn't already bring that or Bismack Biombo or Cody Zeller. Uh, but, you know, when you hear it from an all-star, it just sounds different, or so it seems at least. Gordon Hayward off to a good start, 28 points, four rebounds, seven assists in the opener. And he has his home opener with the Hornets tonight. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. First, though, the buzz is building. I know we'd love to have you in Spectrum Center, all you fans, but the season ticket packages are available for the 2021-2022 season, and you can guarantee your price now. Call 704-HORNETS or head to hornets.com to secure your season tickets today. Last segment here on the Hornets Hivecast, and it's time to break down tonight's game, the home opener at Spectrum Center. Although, you know, home and road has a different meaning. Uh, we got Matt Ruchinski with us here for this third and final segment. Home and road really has a different meaning now, Matt, because there's no fans in any building. So, I, I, I mean, you you have the, the positives of sleeping in your own bed and having a little bit more control over, you know, your daily routine. But the, the home court advantage of, you know, 20,000 fans screaming – in your direction or against you is no longer there. Yeah, you and I have both been there. And, and, you know, we hear the sound that's being pumped in and we know how these things work, but you're right. It's just not replicating the same experience. You're not going to have that, those moments of just increased passion and intensity in these games when your fans are on their feet and the whole building is rocking and shaking. Just those things are going to be the things that we all miss and, and we're all waiting to see again. One day they're going to happen again, and we can't wait until we see the fans get inside the building again. But until then, we're going to try and bring you that same passion as best we can through everything that we're doing in our digital spaces as well, and through the radio as well. The opponent tonight is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who kind of proof that COVID-19 is not over. The issues, the roadblocks, the whatever you want to call it of 2020 is still here with mm-hmm. us. As the Thunder had their opener postponed they were supposed to play the houston rockets rockets had too many players either test positive or through contact tracing not be eligible to play and so on opening night our first postponement of the year uh matt i know that you and your family have dealt with COVID 19 i think just about everyone's has but you know if we needed any more proof that the nba was not immune to this here it was yeah it's just it's it's insane to think about because when you're dealing with this like it's not going to go away right now let's be honest this is not something that's that's going to just poof and be gone and we're going to be fine and be able to deal with everything again right now this is something that's affecting everyone it's affecting everyone's households in some way shape or form i think everyone has been touched by it in some way and to see that news break right before it was you know before our game obviously to see that, wait a minute, we're playing the Thunder. How does that now affect us? That's the first thing, you know, me and my staff were starting to look at and go, what is happening over there right now and how did this all come about? So now it's, you're right, it's going to be our home opener and the Thunder's opener after Christmas. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that works and see if does the extra rest, are they able to prepare more for us? Are they going to be more eager? I don't know exactly what how the Thunder are going to come into uh, Spectrum Center, but I know one thing. I think that something about this home court and seeing that that Hornets, you know, sell pattern on the court. Hopefully, that'll be a positive for the guys. 
as they get ready to open things up here at Spectrum Center. The Thunder are an interesting franchise to me because I think, you know, over the last decade, I can't think of another franchise that has had as many different playoff contending, you know, roster cores. You know, you can go all the way back to Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Then they trade away James Harden and still Westbrook Durant. Then it's Westbrook PG-13. Then it's just Westbrook. And then it's CP3. And now, and now it's like, well, they they finally ran out of steam. Yeah, to bring this all back, maybe they just ran out of nicknames a little bit too. I mean, CP3, PG13, all these guys. But yeah, you're right. It's really kind of changed the makeup of this Thunder Court. Uh, it, it's if you look at what they have and what they've got going on right now, it's kind of similar to what the Hornets are built like. There's a lot of young players on their team that are athletic, that can be versatile. They can play multiple positions that are good on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, but really just might not have enough years in the league or might not have come together yet. So they've brought in a couple veterans there by losing. We know they lost Chris Paul, but they've brought in a George Hill, who is obviously one of the top veterans in the NBA. He's very savvy. You know, he's great on and off the ball. He can play both the one and the two alongside Shea Gilgis-Alexander who is just an absolutely exploded in in coming into another season early in his career out of Canada. We know this guy is is making names for Canadian basketball again. You know, he averaged 19 points a game last year, and they're expecting him to do even more is kind of the focal point of that offense, I would have to imagine. And then then they've got a big guy, too, that they've also brought in to take on that veteran presence but can also really direct that offense, really keep things under control. And Al Horford, we know he's six foot nine and an undersized center, but he's also got the ability to really run the offense through him, almost in that point forward type of a role if need be. And I want to focus on the bigs because this was certainly an issue for the Hornets night one. You you knew going into Cleveland that for every fault that people wanted to find with their roster, one thing we knew they had was strength in the blocks, strength at center. Andre Drummond may be the best rebounder going right now in the NBA. I think you know maybe DeAndre Jordan is someone who can compete with them, but really Andre Drummond's won the rebounding title, I think, three of the last four years, so you give credit where credit's due. He, he's great at it, and he and the rest of the Cavs dominated the paint uh, to the tune of uh, almost plus 20 in the rebounding column. Him and Larry Nance Jr. really uh, did a job. You look at this Thunder team in the preseason, you got a couple of guys that were capable of pulling down double-digit rebounds amongst their youngsters, plus Al Horford, who has been a load in the paint for his entire career. So I know that that type of player is not exactly the premier one that everyone likes to feature in the modern-day NBA, but it can be very effective and has already proven in a very small sample size to be effective against the Hornets. So what are the concerns against the Thunder coming off a game where they lost the rebound battle so badly knowing that the Thunder once again they've got some players in the post who can do some things you know the Hornets are going to have to go into this game against the Thunder and they're just really going to have to have more want to on the glass I remember talking to coaches in the past and I've talked to coach JB in the past and he has said you know rebounding is really can be about effort can be about who wants that ball more who wants to find the right spot to be at and make those battles, win the battles. We don't have somebody on this team right now who is going to be pulling down 15, 16, 
17 rebounds a night right now. It's going to be have to have to be a rebound by committee approach, and you can't just have one or two guys putting forth the effort to try and secure those rebounds and really work together as a team. It has to be a total team effort, and everyone has to be making the effort from the guards all the way to the wings, all the way down on the block. Everyone's got to be attacking that rim to try and get the ball and not allow any second-chance points and not allow teams to take advantage of us inside the paint. Hornets were out-rebounded by 18 last game. The, the one player I think that is capable of maybe having that 15-rebound night is Miles Bridges, and that's just his sheer athleticism. He plays a lot bigger than his frame, and he's got a big frame already. You know, That's not necessarily going to mean he's going to pull down 15 boards over a Andre Drummond necessarily, but he's someone who can have you know a big number, and maybe this team needs someone to have a big number. I agree with you. It's got to be a team effort, um, but that's one of my concerns with OKC. They don't have a superstar scorer anymore. They don't have a, a superstar in general that's at least an active star right now. Horford certainly was uh, you know that All Star status, and Shea Gilgis Alexander might be in the future. But, you know, when you look at the the team basketball, those identity traits, Cleveland was able to execute theirs well enough to get a win in terms of owning the glass. And that's something that uh, I think the Hornets are going to have to keep an eye on here on night two. And you know what? You're right, too. And I think something that's scary when you're facing a team that might not have that one go-to guy or that all-star, you look at the way we were built last year and the way the Hornets came out and attacked teams. You never really knew who it was going to be. Some nights it was Devontae, some nights it was Terry, some nights it was PJ, other nights it was Miles, who you talked about. When you're dealing with a young team that's got a lot of young, hungry players on it who are trying to make an impact and really make their mark in the league, and you're not really sure exactly which one of them could go off on any night, that's what you're walking into. So you're going to have to really make sure that you're paying attention See who gets off to a quick start and try and shut them down before any of those young players on the Thunder can start to build up any confidence and get themselves any momentum going forward. We need to stop that on our home court. Tip time tonight, 7 p.m. We hope you'll join us. However you choose to take in Hornets basketball, but through the app, WFNZ, uh, you can listen to me, Sam Farber, on the play-by-play tonight. Matt Richinski, Senior Director of Digital Media and Communications, our guest today on the Hornets Hivecast. We got you before and after Christmas. Matt, thanks so much for spending the holidays with me. Hey, man, I have no problem doing that. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Like I said, I can't wait to work with you for many years to come here, Sam. Welcome to the team. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. A reminder, we will have a game breakdown for you tomorrow, as well as getting you ready for the Brooklyn Nets. Very busy weekend here at Spectrum Center. For Matt, I'm Sam, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Hornets Hivecast.